Have you ever had a 7-Up cake or a socket to me cake? I'm going to say 100% no. Right. Haven't. Don't know it. Okay. Want okay. it. Well, they, uh, they're bunt cakes, basically. You've yeah, had like, a bunt cake before, I presume? Yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the bunt cake. You know, just, you know, with different flavoring in it. Um, you know, the 7-Up bunt cake recipe has, obviously, 7-Up in it. And it's got, uh, like, lemon extract, a little vanilla, lemon juice. Like, you know, it's basically what a 7-Up tastes like. I like 7-Up. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, you, if you had a soda machine in front of me and you said 7-Up versus Sprite, yeah, I, th- I think I'm inclined to go Seven Up. Yeah, and a socket to me cake is basically like a cinnamon brown sugar with like pecans, like bunt cake. Well, I'm with Stephen A. Like I, I didn't, I never heard of either of those. But yeah, Andy Reid, the chocolate cake, like nice moist chocolate cake with frosting, then more cake, yeah. then frosting, then more cake. You know, like a seven layered chocolate cake. Yeah. Now yeah. you want chocolate on chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double chocolate. Okay. Chocolate. Yes. Chocolate on chocolate is the best kind of cake. Because, see, I, I, I like chocolate on chocolate, but I feel like that could also be too decadent. for uh, Like, to me, I can, and I love chocolate, okay? But I probably can only have, like, one slice at a time of, like, chocolate on chocolate. Whereas, like, mean. chocolate on, like, white cake or vanilla cake or golden cake or something like that, I feel like I can have a lot of that. You want to know who's got... And this is an unsolicited um, non-endorsement because I haven't had it in a really yes. long time. You yes. know who's got a bomb chocolate on chocolate, like seven-layer cake? Who? Is P.F. Chang's. What? Get out of here. No, I, I'm sure of it. No way. I'm, I'm like, listen, I'm 99.8% sure of it. There's that 2.99.8%. I'm going to look up their menu right now. Yeah, do it. I think it's called the Great Wall of Chocolate. I'm almost sure. Again, <laughs> that's, that actually does sound like something that a uh, a, a chain restaurant would have. Right, the Great right. Wall of Chocolate. Yes. That's why I'm saying it's 99.8. There's a, there's two tenths of a percentage that I could be mistaken. Right. Dessert. They yeah. have Chang's Apple Crunch. Okay. Chocolate souffle. Nope. New York style cheesecake. Fire nope. and ice, which sounds interesting, uh, which is bread pudding and vanilla ice cream, uh, encased in chocolate ignited. And served with flaming. Okay. okay. Um, banana spring rolls. Oh, there it is. The Great Wall of Chocolate. Yes. Six layers of chocolate cake, chocolate frosting, and semi-sweet chocolate chips. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, the more you read down the menu, the less likely I thought that I was right. <laughs> yes. So I did really that on glad. purpose. I saved yeah. it to the end. I saw it earlier. It very I'm good. Building up, I'm, I'm building it up. I was building really? it up for you. Excellent. Yes. I mean, really, yes. quite a sense of showmanship out of you. Yeah. You know, I've done this for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're all right. Um, yeah, Laura, chocolate on chocolate, or uh, or or do you like uh, a different kind of cake? I'm not a huge cake person. Whoa, we've talked about this before. But if I'm gonna have any type of cake, I'm gonna go with tres leches cake. Tres, tres leches, leches is good. Yeah, Whoa. tres leches. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, as I was watching basketball yesterday, that you know, I was watching my hometown team yesterday play the Toronto Raptors before the Lakers game. Um, because the Rams game, as great as it was, got a little boring, uh, you know, towards the end of that one. Uh, yeah, so I flipped over, and they have like what else is on? Uh, there, th- this isn't my phrase, but the uh, the Heat Twitter has created a uh, a nickname for some of their players called Tres Leches, uh, which is Tyler Hero, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson, and you can figure <laughs> out why they call them Tres Leches. That's um, funny. 
But they all nail three-pointers, so that's all that matters. Anyway, Steve Mason has checked in. He goes coconut cake, white on white, which is exactly what I think of when I think of Mason in Ireland. There you go, coconut cake, white on white. <laughs> white on white with a side of vanilla with ice a side cream. Of, with a side of vanilla ice cream with oh, yeah. Greg Bergman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Bergman, exactly. Greg Bergman isn't your, like, uh, he's not your chocolate sauce? No, I feel like Greg Bergman, no, you know what Greg Bergman is? He's the side of mint chocolate Ooh, chip. Hey now. Nice pull. Because he hey loves now. mint chocolate chip. So weird. Yeah, I like mint chocolate chip. I don't think it's Blech. weird. I'm not surprised, bro. Blech. I'm not surprised. Blech. What does it I say do about too. somebody? What do you think I it think says about somebody? It says that you like toothpaste, bro. Yep. Actually, I'll tell you, the funny thing is, is that recently I've been... You know, I've been changing my diet, so the mint chocolate chip ice cream isn't happening for me at night. But I was starting to complain that it wasn't minty enough. You know, it was like, you know, it's 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 creamy. Dude, not minty enough? Yeah, it's creamy and cold, yeah. and I like that. Yeah. I like the crunch yeah. of the chocolate chips, but I, yeah. I feel like the mint ice cream wasn't minty enough recently. See, with Steve Mason's coconut cake, all kidding aside, like I love a good coconut cake, but I feel like coconut cake is also something you can't have regularly. Is well, that fair? Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, I'm not really having chocolate cake regularly. No, but either. I feel like if they, again, let's just say you didn't gain weight. It's just right. a taste, okay. a taste yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you want? I would eat if 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 you told me there would be no health ramifications to eating chocolate cake every day, a slice of chocolate cake, I would absolutely have a slice of chocolate cake. I don't know if I would have a slice of coconut cake every no, day. No, coconut cake is the kind of cake that you have, and you're like, mm, 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 oh, this is right, good. It's one mm. time, it's good, right. and then it lasts you months, right. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah, right. You don't need right, that Laura? coconutty stuff yeah. all the time. Right? I remember the, um, shout out to Tropicana Bakery, they did Oh, Michael's Michael Townsend's cake. birthday. It yeah, was yeah, like yeah, rum yeah. and coconut cake, and it was delicious, but I was like, ooh. Yeah, I'm good for the year. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and look, again, nothing wrong with coconut cake. Just not my thing I could do more regularly. But uh, anyway, the Rams got their cake and the Lakers got their cake for one night. But it looks like they don't want to give a piece of cake to Frank Vogel, yeah. Scott Kaplan. Yeah. You got the athletic Sam Amick and uh, Bill Orem, who's going to join us at 6 o'clock uh, with a story that basically Frank is day-to-day. His job status is day-to-day. Aren't we all, to be honest? We're all kind of day-to-day around here. Um, but then Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times comes out and says that, um, now this is the phrasing he had, there are no, quote, current plans to replace Frank Vogel per a source with knowledge of the situation. More detailed story coming later. Um, now, that also is not necessarily the opposite of what those guys wrote. They're just saying that it was, in essence, a bit of a state of, a, you know, a state of, uh, a stay of execution, per se, for lack of a better phrase, right? Like, that Frank was not going to be on the chopping block after that win yesterday, but he is absolutely being um, observed and evaluated on a game-to-game basis. And look, at this stage of the season, it's getting late, Cap, so I'm not surprised by that. Although, as you and I have talked about a lot, I am disappointed by it because I don't think he's anywhere near the top of the problems uh, on this particular squad. Yeah, listen, as the day goes on, the afternoon goes on, we'll get deeper into this, George. Um, so I'm, I'm going to reserve some thoughts here, but I'm going to say this. Um, you know who Frank Vogel is. Look, he is not in Laker history what Pat Riley is. He is not who Phil Jackson was. He's got one championship, but you know who he is. You've seen enough of him over the last three, four years. You know who Frank Vogel is. So to, to put this out that you're evaluating him day-to-day, that's nonsense. He's either your coach or he's not your coach. And if he's not your coach, do you, are, are you prepared 
with better at this time of the year? And if it doesn't work, will you have just fired him just for scapegoating's sake? So, like I said, we'll go deeper. But um, well, I'd be I'd be a little pissed if I were Frank Vogel today. Uh, I would be too. But I think he also under remember we went through this once already. Remember. When, um, you know, I guess LeBron and players were asked about Frank's job and they were all like, oh, well, yeah, it's part of the deal, you know, blah, 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 which wasn't inaccurate. Um, But then we had Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated write a story about like, yo, which is basically what we've said. Like, this isn't his fault. Like, stop. Like, yes, could we nitpick a rotation here or substitution? Sure. You do that with almost any coach, including Phil Jackson and Pat Riley, by the way. But. But, like, his his premise, and he came on the show with us, was, like, we need to push back on this. This is nonsense, which I still agree with. Like, it's nonsense. Yeah. Like, if we're ranking the problems with with the Lakers, Frank Vogel is, again, he's not even in my top five or six even. Yeah, but you know what it is, George? They got Russell Westbrook. They're not looking like they're going to be able to get rid of Russell Westbrook. And so the question becomes, is there a coach out there a personality out there that can get Russell Westbrook to be what the Lakers need him to be. And that's if you've decided that Frank Vogel is not capable of doing that because, to me, this is about you You got this player, he makes a fortune, you can't get rid of him, he isn't contributing to victories the way you expected, so is there somebody that can get to him and communicate with him? And that's because we've determined Frank Vogel cannot. And that, to me, is what this is about. It's yeah, about but I don't a coach know. and a player. Yeah, but he hasn't. Look. All right, let, let's tackle this on the other side. Oh, yeah. We okay? got a lot to I, get I, to. I, I do want to. Ta- I want to. I want to. I don't have enough time to address that particular question or that particular conversation because we got to get to Kiki, who's going to do traffic. And she could tell us what her favorite cake is, whether it's chocolate on chocolate, chocolate on vanilla, coconut. Maybe there's a, something off the board that we have missed uh, when it comes to cakes uh, with Kiki. But we'll, I will answer your question about Vogel and, um, I guess, what, what, how would you phrase it? Like the relationship is, is how you phrased it? The, the question is this. Is there a coach and a, who has a personality that you can get right now that can communicate with Russell Westbrook. That, that is what, to me, this is all about. Okay, let's do that on the other side. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I mean, that is true. All that did happen, but it was my idea, not hers. Oh, my God. National Thesaurus Day. Really? National Thesaurus Day. It's a great day. I love me a good thesaurus. I haven't held one in a really, really long time. I mean, you don't have to hold one anymore. You can just find one on thesaurus.com. Or I was going to say, yes, thesaurus.com is a go-to. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. never used it. But back in the day, I used to have per- one. Perhaps we can use what? it for you. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I'm telling you, I haven't used a thesaurus in, in ages. But when I was what? in school, it was great. Have a little thesaurus yeah. kind of next to a dictionary. It's good. I like a thesaurus. Yeah. I like saying I mean, it. Y- you do say interesting a lot, so you know you could use different. You want like some? Uh, I'm going. I'm going to thesaurus.com right now. 
Uh, do you want me to ha- give you some uh, some other catchphrases you sure, can use instead of sure. interesting? Interesting about- was one that I used. But wait a second. You guys all busted my chops when I was using fascinating. I find certain things to be fascinating, and you kept calling me out for that one too. Okay, because you were going to one or the other. Like you need, it, you were basically showing us you're only a two pitch pitcher. You need to, <laughs> you need to have like five pitches. You know okay, I mean? if you if you can add. So let, let's let, let's let's rate them here real all quick right. before we all finish right. the conversation about Russell Westbrook. All right. Um. All right. How about alluring? Do you like alluring? Can we no, sell you like on it. alluring? I don't like alluring. Okay, that's fine. How about amusing? Amusing is good, but when I find something fascinating or interesting, I don't necessarily find it amusing at the same time. Okay, how about compelling? Now, compelling is one that I do like very much so, and I would gladly insert as a third pitch. So I would have fascinating, interesting, compelling is excellent, yeah. and I use That's it occasionally. Like a curveball. Yeah, yeah, it's like a curveball. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. about intriguing? Intriguing is intriguing. like a split-finger fa- fastball. Yeah. Yeah, 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 intriguing is also a good one. I would definitely yeah. use it as my fourth pitch rather than my third, but I do like intriguing as well. Thank you. H- how about this one? Um, yeah. I mean, this is like a knuckle curve because it's, mm-hmm. you know, hyphenated. Uh, how about thought-provoking? Thought-provoking is very good. Um, is there a hyphen between thought and provoking? Correct. Hence why I said it's hyphenated. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He definitely you know, did hey, say that. George, George, yeah. I find that to be very compelling. Oh well, there you go. There you go. As and a then, matter of uh, fact, you know, and then and then just like something you can try on the side, like a slider, right? Yeah. Like how about provocative? Provocative is also something I like, but yeah. it has to be. It it really has to be sexy. Or um, there's okay. got to be a lot of money involved. But, okay, but I'm telling you, though, there's some pitches you can work with. Provocative is nice. Interesting and fascinating all yeah. the time. Yeah, provocative yeah. is good. Yes. And to like Christopher, um, the, we already did discover the Great Wall of Chocolate is a real thing. At it PF is Chang, real. So. It is a real thing. Go. It is yeah. a dessert at P.F. Chang's. I was mistaken, however, when I mm-hmm. said it was seven layers of chocolate cake and chocolate six. icing. Yeah. George, you have, so, you have corrected me. I stand yeah. corrected. It is a six-layered chocolate cake, not a seven-layered chocolate cake. Yeah, I mean, listen, seven and six is a big deal. I mean, that's an. Extra Have you guys layer. ever had like a really good seven-letter, seven-layer chocolate cake, or just like seven-layer cake, the Italian style with all the different colors? Uh, I have had seven layer chocolate cake. I'm trying to think. There was definitely a place in Vegas I had a seven layer chocolate cake. I don't remember what restaurant right now, but I, I, I definitely have eaten one before. I have not because I thought I was eating a seven layer chocolate cake, but this is actually quite provocative. It yeah. was only a six layer <laughs> chocolate cake, which I think is intriguing. I think. There you go. You're working it in there. I like that. I like how you were trying to mix up the pitches. Although I don't know how a six versus seven layer chocolate cake is actually provocative. But nonetheless, I do like you trying Thank to you. throw the pitches. Thank that you. one was not a strike, provocative. Oh, the intriguing right. one came in for a strike. So you were like one and one on yeah. this at bat. Just all a right, bit so outside on the provocative. Yeah. Correct. That's fine. Um, all right. So let me finish my conversation with you about Russell Westbrook. Is there a coach that can get through to Russell Westbrook? I, look. I would say that, um, look, Scott Brooks coached Russell Westbrook both with the Oklahoma City Thunder and with the Washington Wizards, okay? And, you know, I just think that at this stage of his career, I think you have to know what Russ's strengths are and what his weaknesses are. And how do you convey that to him? Like, I I think that 
there are guys, yes, who can do that. And I think Frank is one of them. Like, hey, we're going to we're going to give put you in your positions to succeed. Like they've done that. Think about the way they started the season talking about, "Hey, we're just going to let Russ be Russ and Russ do his thing, this that and the other, yada yada yada." So they've tried a lot of different methods. At some point, Scott, it's not on the coach to convey a certain message. It's on the player to realize his own potential limitations in year 14. Yeah, but Again, I don't think that at this stage of the season, through 44 games where you're 500, I don't think that organizationally you should be looking to make everything about Russell Westbrook simply because you decided to put him on the team, get him onto the team. You know how much money he's going to make. You know, you know how hard it is it's going to be to move him. So why are we doing everything to accommodate him? Who is the focal point of the Laker roster? It's LeBron. Of course. So, so what you do is you, you focus on LeBron. You don't focus on, uh, on just trying to create the environment that is best for Russ. Russ must conform, if you will, to what the Lakers need him to be rather than the Lakers as a franchise saying, this coach doesn't work, so let's try and go get that coach because that might work. The one guy who should be communicating with Russ and, and delivering the message if Frank's message isn't being delivered or respected, the guy who should be delivering the message is LeBron himself. Yeah, and he would respond to you with, you're the coach, man. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Like, would he really... I mean, if I'm, if, if I, I listen, I'm not going to speak for him, but my guess is that would be. The but we're playing it out. We're we're playing it out. You ready? I'm Frank Vogel. Okay. You're, you're LeBron. How's that feel? Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, LeBron. Listen to me. Yeah. Sure. How much time do you have? We know it's limited. Everything we do is about winning a championship with you now. Can we agree? Can we agree, LeBron? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Russell Westbrook. You had a lot of influence on him joining this team. Would you concur with that? Yes. Okay. I would concur, yes. Okay. He's, as you see, he's an exceptionally talented player. He he's is? an incredible athlete. Uh-huh. But for us to play winning basketball, he needs to do the things that you need him to do, not you do the things that he needs you to do. Understand? No. Say that again. Okay. I need Russell Westbrook to play off of you not you okay. off of him. Got it. Okay. I've tried to explain it to him, LeBron. I have. It's just not clicking, or he's just listening, and he's saying, yes, coach, yes, coach, and he's doing whatever he wants to. You know, if you spoke to him, he would really, really listen to you more so than to me. So why don't you deliver the message, LeBron? Well, I mean, I've already talked to him, man. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? So if he's not getting, if you're not getting through to him and I, you know, I'm not getting through to him, you know, there's not much I can do about that. Like, we're just going to have to figure this thing out and, you know, on the fly, you know, well, well then that, LeBron, you know, that's going to fall on you. Well, you know? well then LeBron, I have one other question for you. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be satisfied with how we are as a team right now? Because no, no, no. Okay. Well, you know, if they fire me, you think that you're going to find somebody else who's going to walk through the door here and, and do the things that I'm asking you to do? Is somebody I mean, else maybe, be able to? May, I mean, if you really want to get testy on this, you know, and again, we're just simulating here, but maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, well, in, I mean, then in that know. case, in I've that played case, for a lot of different guys. Okay, well, hey, then LeBron, because you're LeBron, George, you should just fire me right now. I mean, 
That's up to them upstairs, man. I don't what do you mean up to them? I read the athletic yeah. article. The athletic article said Genie yeah. Bus, Rob Palenka, LeBron James. It didn't say Genie Bus, Rob Palenka, and Frank nah, Vogel. I don't know. I don't know what they said in some article. I'm just telling you, I don't make those decisions. That's up to Genie and Rob, man. That's your problem with them. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Well, so. Are we done here? Because I got stuff to do, man. I gotta oh, really? What do you got? You got like a TV I show? I got to work produce? out. I got to work out so we oh. can carry oh. I can carry this team. Oh, you got a tequila company you got to go run or no, something? No, I got to carry the team. You know, is that good? We're good with that? No, he's, he's got to go do right, an interview with Scott Kaplan one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. One-on-one yeah. sit good down. Good luck with that. Now, at that point, Frank Vogel would say, okay, I understand. Let's let's finish this meeting. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> yeah, that – I mean, listen, I'm guessing, uh, speculating recklessly as we role-play there. But, um, by the way, we should do that role-play more often. Like, that actually, it's kind of like a funny bit. We should be doing that <laughs> recurringly. But on occasion, um, though, I want to be LeBron. No, it doesn't have to be LeBron. We can just pick different people and like. The I understand, world. but I want to yeah. be LeBron on occasion because I want you to hear my LeBron versus your LeBron. Okay, I mean, mine is probably going to be a little more accurate. Not that I'm saying it's accurate, um, but it's going to be probably closer to being accurate than yours would be. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mine may be my, mine might be exaggerated, but I think people will hear it and go, you know, Kaplan's LeBron is really, oh, maybe, really good. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, so anyway, I, look. Ultimately, to me, to answer your question. I think this is on the player when it comes to Russ in some way, shape, or form. Hey, look, let's get to some happy stuff. They won the game yesterday, which we'll get to in a bit, but the Rams won, and Matthew Stafford, all right? You know what he said yesterday in his postgame? He said, bleep Kaplan. Actually, that's not what he said. Um, he he, he might have thought it, though. So we'll get to that on the other side. We're back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. In the sky, moving on up. January 18, 1975 till July 2nd, 1985. 11 seasons, 253 episodes of The Jeffersons. Of, I'm telling you right now, my favorite number one sitcom of all time, The yeah. Jeffersons. Mm -hmm. Now, Sanford and Son is not far behind. Okay, and there's a lot of other great ones that we could debate, okay? Yeah. But for me, this is just me talking here. The Jeffersons, that's my favorite. Yeah, they were great. It was a I mean, listen, you don't last 11 years um on TV just, you know, because you know, you're not good. Like it's it's great television. And it's still great television now, I would say, if you watch it back. And you could find it, I'm sure, on some streaming service or whatever, but um 
Yeah, it, it, it was great. And Sherman Helmsley was awesome. Love Sherman Helmsley. And, you know, all the actors and actresses, you know, were He's were the only fam- one Wheezy. I can name. Wheezy? Yeah, no, I can name the characters. I just can't name the actors or actresses. Oh, well, it, Wheezy was Isabel Sanford. That oh. was her real name. Oh, hey, good. Yeah, yeah. And, um, then, uh, and then, of course, Marla Gibbs, Florence, was the... Uh, was the maid for George and Wheezy. Right, because she went on to have a spinoff of that show, didn't she? It was um, like, a, it was like an, an address. It was like, you know, 217. What was it? 227. 227. All right, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. The Jeffersons. So, yeah. Great show. Great, great show. Yeah. What did George Jefferson do for a living? You recall? I think he owned dry cleaners. That is exactly right. He did. Yeah. yeah. He did indeed. And do you remember his neighbor who worked? Well, do you remember who his neighbor was? Well, it was a guy named uh, Harry, right? Yeah, what was his last name? Because they always called him by his last name. Bentley. He, Bentley, right. He was yeah. British. Do you remember what he did for a living? I do not remember what he did yeah. for a living. He, he worked at the United Nations. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, right. and, it, and they were an interracial couple. His wife was black. No, no. That was, that was Tom Willis and Helen Willis. They lived upstairs. Oh, okay. And their daughter was Jenny, okay. who used to date... Uh, George and Wheezy's son. Oh, so I have them confused, right? Tom Willis, right? Tom Willis and Helen Willis were the were the people upstairs, correct? Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Their their children started. You know, they got a rela- got into a relationship. Right. Lionel. Yeah. Lionel the son. Yes. There yeah. were two Lionels, by the way. That is true. There were two Lionels. One had a much bigger afro. Yeah. So there were two Lionels. But the Jeffersons, a great show uh, for you young kids out there, you young whippersnappers. If you ever want to see what a real good. Um, you know, that's when, I mean, there was really not, nowhere else. Like, you know, like if you weren't on network TV, you weren't on anywhere. There was no mm-hmm. such thing as cable or right. streaming. Well, I mean, the cable came later. Um, but like, so like it had to be like top of the top quality type programming. Like some of that program, I've always said all in the family Jefferson's that stuff may not, I don't know if it would be network TV. Like, you know, there's some oh, shows that are still, um, you know, that, that could be like that. I mean, Blackish is a really good show, and but I don't think it was as um, I don't think the writing was the same way as as the Jeffersons. Like they were, I mean, they were using f- like what we would consider um, foul language on network oh. television now. The, yeah. the words that they were using for yeah. one another back then. Yeah, yeah, you can't say those words now. It's those are. Those, it would be. It hands. would definitely be streaming or cable or something like that. Now I think so. Anyway, all right, real quick, the Rams. Yeah. Good news on the Rams. Matthew Stafford has he made you shut up a little bit? Then. Um. Listen, I I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. You know, are I you? Said, yeah, I am. And I said to you on Friday yeah. that I expected the Rams to win, and I expected Matthew Stafford to have a really good game. What I didn't expect was that Matthew Stafford would not really be needed so much. And if the Rams could find themselves, look, he only had 17 pass attempts. But if the Rams could have 25 pass attempts and 23, 24, 25 rush attempts, I mean, if they could be closer to 50-50, that would be ideal. I love to see. Wait, wait, so you're dinging him for not throwing the ball more? Oh, no, not at all. I'm saying that it's great when you have balance. And in this particular instance, they didn't need some prolific passing effort from Matthew Stafford. I'm just happy for him because to go into a game where everybody's talking about who's got the most pressure, who hasn't won games in the postseason, who's been all about stats but not about wins, to have it all lead to this moment in your life where you're on a good team and you're on a huge stage and you have a home playoff game and you got a lot of weapons around you on both sides of the ball. For Matthew Stafford, him personally, I'm very happy. But 
He needs to do more now. One victory in the postseason is not enough for a hungry Rams fan base no, that expects no, a but Super it, Bowl. But it, look, all we heard, right, when they were on a three-game losing streak, hey, Matthew Stafford is like 9 and 7 million versus teams uh, who were playoff teams in his, in his history, you know, prior to coming to the Rams. And then, you know, after they started winning, well, they beat bad teams. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, they lose to the Niners, and it's, oh, Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game, never won a playoff game, never won a playoff game. And then he wins one, and it's all like, all right, do it again. Right. I get it. I, and by the way, I understand do it again. But what I would say is, Let's give the guy a little tip of the cap, at least for a second. Dude, give him a monster tip of the cap. I mean, for, for him, it did not require him to be spectacular. He was efficient and solid. And, See, you know, but I feel like you're dinging him no, by saying not those all. words. No, not, efficient, not one bit. solid. It, like- but, no, but George, George, if he, would, if he would have gone last night because the Rams needed him to go 29 of 30, Five and with 325 yards and three touchdowns and a pick. I mean, if he was, if he had spectacular statistics because the team needed him to put them on their back, for him to put the team on his back, people would be praising his performance. Right now, what we're praising is he got the zero, the goose egg out of the way. Now you're going to Tampa Bay, and I know it's not until Sunday, you're facing the GOAT. So now here's a great opportunity for Matthew Stafford to say, I'm going to prove the doubters wrong and win this game. If he doesn't win this game, it's like, okay, great. So we want a playoff game. Good. So Laura just chimed in because she's dating the Rams this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's going well. They're yep. fans. Um, they are yeah. fans. Yeah. And so you said they already did. I heard you say he they did. already did. Yeah. Because everyone was, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, beating Brady would be even better, but he already did. Everybody was counting him out on this this game. Oh, he's under pressure. He's this, he's that. Kep, you've been hating on him the whole season. Wrong. You know what I'm saying? Wrong. So, I mean, no, you kind of have. <laughs> so no, he already no, did. No, no, You no, just no. love Brady, so that's he, no. why. Oh, now no. it's the, there we now, go. Wait a second. The, your boyfriend this week. I yes. do love Brady, but yes. I will tell you right now. I mean, I want to see the Rams win this game. Now, Do you? I do. Of course I do. Mm. Okay. Now, listen. <laughs> Now, listen, Laura. You're attacking I mean, my boys, okay? No, no, and I'm no, dating no, them, so no, I fight for them. No attack. Listen. The thing is, is this. I disagree with you. I don't think that Matthew Stafford did anything with winning one playoff game that relieves the pressure that was talked about during the week. He is a guy that now uh, plays on a very good team in a winning culture with a team with an excellent defense. He's got weapons everywhere. And what they did last night is what they should have done. They were playing a team that they're better than and a team that completely fell apart the latter part of the season. So it's a great win for Matthew Stafford to get the goose egg to go away in front of the three. But now that he's passed the first round or the wild card round, Mm -hmm. now he's got to win because otherwise, really, the the Rams will have been no further ahead with Matthew Stafford than they were with Jared Goff. They have to win this game this Sunday. So this, if he wins this game, you're going to yep. back off the hating train? No, there's no hating. Well, there's, okay, the, there was the, doubting. The there doubting. Was doubting. The doubting. Yes, the doubting. I'll use listen, a different word. By the way, uh, listen, I doubted Odell Beckham also. Oh, so yes, did I. and that okay? did not work out well Well, for you. listen, yeah, I got to yeah. give it up. By the Odell. way, actually, let, let's do this now. 
All three of you, including yeah. Lindsay, I doubted did. Odell I Beckham Jr. I was the only one that stood up for the honor of Odell Beckham Jr. And I was so good. true. Okay. Um, so true. Well, now guess what I'm going to do with Odell Beckham? I'm going to put some respect on his name. Is what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. She did a Stafford too. I'm just saying. Listen, his I, dad was right. Right. That's, his that's dad what was right. Baker His well, Dad was it, right. You know. You know what it does? <laughs> it is. It is truly, ultimately, an indictment on Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns. How could you have had this guy that? All Sean McVay had to do was feed him touchdowns in the red zone. Look how happy he is. Look how productive he is. Look what a team guy he is. What a different culture he's in. No question. No doubt. But for Matthew Stafford, I'm happy as can be for the guy. But now here, let's the, the pressure will ramp up. You're playing Brady in Tampa, the greatest Super Bowl champion, maybe the goat of all goats, and you got an opportunity in good weather. You don't have to go to Green Bay. You got an opportunity, and this game will probably be different. It will probably be more Stafford-centric. You'll need a big performance out of Matthew Stafford. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. We've got plenty of time to get to that today. But I just week. feel like Matthew – and this week, yes. I feel like Matthew Stafford deserves a little love today. Just a little Give him a whole lot of love, man. Great okay. job. Love so does Odell Beckham. So does Von Miller. Von Miller. All, yeah. All the guys you doubted, Cap, played Eric well. Weddle. Yeah. Sean McVay. Weddle's, Weddle's beard. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Coming up next. Yes, Raider fan. I'm going to tell you the thing you want to hear. We'll do that next. This is my favorite Lady Gaga song right here, George Sedano. It is? Yep. My favorite. Number one. Yeah. Who is it featuring then if it's your favorite song? Lady Gaga. <laughs> no, we know it's Lady Gaga, but who does uh, it feature? Uh, uh oh. What other Lady Gaga songs know, do you don't know? No. I don't know. I know a couple of them, you know, Poker Face, whatever. But Oh, there one. you go. Because yeah. usually you go with uh, Tonight is the Night, and there's yeah. no such song <laughs> as that. So I'm glad that you went with a song that actually exists. But usually every group has a song close to Tonight is the Night, so I just use that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a great strategy. Yeah. 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 There is a, Tonight is the Night is actually a song by Betty Wright. Just so you know. Right. I looked this up a moment ago. Right. Betty Wright. Do you just think of the And I believe Rod like, St- and Rod Stewart also has a Tonight is the Night as well. The other one that goes, Tonight's the Night. Let's leave it up. The Black Eyed Peas No, but that's, song, not, that's that, not the name yeah, of the song. Yeah, it's not called that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like yeah. that's what Cap thinks of automatically. Well, in this case, I like that, that Lady Gaga jam. It's my fave. When it comes on, I rock out. Okay. Cool. I'm glad that's the case. Thank you. Um, so, let me say something to Raider fans. And, Cap, I don't know if you will agree with this or not. And I'm not saying that they still wouldn't have lost the game. But I feel like the Raiders really got screwed, okay? That touchdown, that was a touchdown. You know, obviously Burrow did not step out of bounds. The whistle definitely blew before the catch. Now, no maybe maybe it's still a, a catch for a touchdown, even if the whistle didn't blow. Um, but what pissed me off was... The league, the NFL, coming out in a statement and saying, nope, 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 whistle did not blow before the uh, the play was concluded. And I'm like, bro, we all have the video and the audio. Like, we can all hear it, <laughs> not only in real time, but it literally is viral everywhere, okay? Like, you can find it. Um, and this stuff isn't doctored. Like, it's everywhere. And then, not only do they tell us, nope, nothing to see here, okay? Then what they decide to do is tell us, 
oh, by the way, that referee crew or that officiating crew is not going to officiate any more playoff right. games. And why is that the case then? Like, what right. the hell? Well, well, start with the original problem. The original problem is, is that why does the NFL have teams of officials that work together all season long and then they put together their, their wannabe all-star crews for the playoffs? Why not just say, look, we got this many crews, we rank them one through 12 or whatever it is, and the top six all get to work the postseason. Correct. So that's the first part of the problem. The second problem is the NFL loves to do this to us, George. Just deny, deny, deny. And if we deny long enough, we'll convince people that we're right and they're wrong. You didn't hear that whistle. Mr. Commissioner, I heard. Listen, here, right. Well, I don't hear a whistle. Yeah, of course. Come on. So I love what they tried to do, which is say, you, you said it, nothing to see here. But then they tell these guys you're not working anymore. Yeah, the Raiders got screwed by a tenth of a second, by a whistle that got blown, and by everybody that stopped for that tenth of a second, but it was still a touchdown. And in the final analysis, they had a chance to win the game until Derek Carr threw an interception with 17 seconds to go. Yeah, it's... Did they get jobbed by the officials? They did, because that game came down to a one-score game, and Cincinnati probably kicks a field goal there. And the Raiders approach, if they're down... Um, you know, if they're down three as opposed to down seven or whatever it was, is it's got to be completely different, right? I would think so. But the referees, I mean, they would have t- they would have at least sent the game into overtime. They, they just listen. They had a bad weekend. You know, I know it's Tuesday, and uh, we didn't get on the air yesterday because of the no. Rams game, I know, but I but think it's, it's still worth discussing. Oh, I'm like, with you. Listen, dude, yeah. I'm with you. They had a bad weekend. Look, Jerry Jones still thinks that if there's one second on the clock, the Dallas Cowboys aren't guaranteed to win the game, but at least they have a shot to go for the end zone. They do, but the Dallas Cowboys weren't winning that game. Well, like, I feel I, like the Raiders were in a much better position to win. Like, basically, at that point, the Dallas Cowboys had to heave it into the end zone, kind of Hail Mary style. Right, it was, you know? it was, it, it's a total prayer, and right. it's, it's whereas a one-in-a-million the Raiders, shot. If right, whereas if the Raiders are down three, they were already in field goal range. They were, like, down inside the red zone. Yeah, but listen, you know, you get down to the end of this, George, and, you know, this is what every coach will say. I got to go evaluate the film, and it wasn't one play that cost us the game. Look, was that play an important part of the game? Absolutely, 100%. Did the Raiders do enough to win that game? I don't think they did. Um, They don't think they did. Uh, They they were in a position to possibly come back and, and win that game. And then Carr throws that interception late, throws right into double coverage, and the ball gets picked. Game, set, match. No, I, I get that. Like, could they have played better? Sure. But they literally were – were. they lost an opportunity to, at the very least, send the game into overtime because of a gross miscalculation by an official who blew a whistle. Uh, and then the league trying to tell us that that wasn't the case. And then, by the way, what the hell did you review it for if you're trying to tell us that that didn't happen? Because we all heard it happen. And NBC didn't do them any favors when they kept replaying it. <laughs> NBC. Let's all slow it down right here. Bring. You hear yeah. that whistle? You hear that yeah. right there? Tariko and Drew Brees were like, yeah, I hear a whistle. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, so do we. Heard a lot of people pretty disappointed in my man Drew Brees. That he for was a guy uh, who's 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 been on the receiving end of some bad calls in his career, and uh, you remember that game between the Saints and the Rams. Yeah, that that he was not harder on the officials. I, I would say this, and I'm not. I don't look. I hate doing this stuff, right? 
Um, because it's, I think, is that the first time he's called the game? Well, it may be the, no, it wasn't, they definitely, he definitely called, he and Tariko called another game earlier in the year as I recall. Okay, so let's do it this way. He's called what? Maybe a couple of games? Yeah, I mean, college football games, I think he did Notre Dame stuff this year for NBC. Right, but he's called a couple of games, Max. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging, look, take it from me, okay? I just did my first full season of college football on radio. I am... I'll tell you this, next season I will be 20,000 times better than I was this season because I know what I'm doing. I think that – I don't want to judge him based on this. Uh, I will say in that instance, though, yeah, I, I would have I, – I don't see the downside of giving your opinion uh, on the officiating. Like, I, I think as a player, you get way more latitude on officiating – uh, or coaches, right, someone who's actually been involved in the game, than an actual broadcaster. So you should take that latitude that the league will give you, I think, in those instances. Because a guy like Troy Aikman or a guy like Chris Collinsworth or any of these guys would have, I I think, been more opinionated yes, in that situation. I agree. I agree. Yes. And I think, I think for a guy like Drew, who's early in his broadcasting career, once he lightens up, and, and I, I tell him, dude, just think about John Madden. You don't have to be John Madden, but just think about how John Madden was not your conventional, polished broadcaster and how much people loved that authenticity. Just lighten up, bro. Be yourself. No, and even Tony Romo. Now, some people love it. Some people don't love it. But, I mean, the people that love it really love it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I, 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 that would be great advice. I would just say, yo, just be you, man. Like, if you're angry about something, say it. Like, just don't be afraid. So. I'll tell you what I'm angry about. I really what? wanted the Raiders to win. I mean, listen, I, I think Joe Burrow's a good story. I know you were on their bandwagon. I was in a big way, and I, I think Joe Burrow's a good story. I do. I think Cincinnati, it's great to see a city like Cincinnati come to life because if you watch the game there in the last five years, it was half empty. It's yeah. great to see cities like Cincinnati and Buffalo you know, have a, a chance to be involved now. I think it's cool, but, but I really was pulling for the Raiders. All right, coming up next, you and I are going to dive back into the Lakers. And... Do the Lakers have actual options after what we saw last night against the Jazz? A good win. The best win of the season. Do they have actual options? We'll tell you about that because one particular prominent NBA player turned analyst doesn't necessarily believe they do. We'll tell you who and what and why in a moment. 